nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This is God's word. Good morning to you. My name is Jeffrey Arthurs. Good to be with you again, helping out as you are between pastors here in the English ministry. I would like to speak to you about complaining from the Word of God. Griping, arguing, disputing, grumbling. The scripture says, do all things, do everything without complaining or arguing. You may respond, complaining? What, what is the big deal? Why does, man, why does God put that in the Bible? I mean, complaining is as normal as breathing, right? It is, it's true. In this last week, as I've been studying, I've sort of been sensitized. You know, my ears have been tuned for complaining. And just, I mean, really, just in the last few days, I've heard complaints about physical appearance, work, children, weather, and other things. And you may say, you heard those just in the last couple of days? Yeah, I did, because I heard my own voice. I've become sensitized to it. Consciousness raising. Do you complain? You may say, well, of course, of course I complain. I mean, you know, everybody complains. It's, 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 it's not destructive. It's, it's recreation. It's even therapeutic, right? You don't want me to get an ulcer, do you? Why then does the scripture say, do everything without complaining or arguing. You may say, I don't know why it says that, but surely it can't mean that, just sort of a straight out, you know, commandment. It cannot possibly mean that when the light turns red and you're already late to your appointment. When your child knocks over her milk for the second time in the same meal. When your boss loads the work on you and cuts your support staff. When your teacher changes the assignment, but you already had half the assignment done according to the old instructions, you're not allowed to just, you know, vent a little bit. The scripture says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Now, this, uh, this commandment is laid out real logically in our text, and so I just want to handle it the way the Holy Spirit gave it to the Apostle Paul, I want to look, first of all, at the basis for the command. You know, like, like what's behind the command? What, why, why does he make this command? What's the, you might say, the rationale for the command. Then the command itself, verse 14, and then the purpose, uh, you know, what it leads to, what's, what's the good of this command, the purpose of this command. But first of all, the basis for the command, you see it in 12 and 13. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do 
his good pleasure. So the, the reasoning behind the command is that you and I are weak. It's very hard to tame the tongue. But God is strong. He is at work in you, both to will, both to desire and to actually do his good pleasure. But let's take that apart. First of all, we are weak. So we work out, we live out, we exercise, we conduct ourselves in this salvation fearfully and tr- you know, with, with, uh, with sobriety and even trembling because we're, we're prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Prone to just blah, 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 blah with our tongues. <laughs> right? Give me a witness, somebody. <laughs> Isn't this true? Have you ever tried to tame your tongue? I mean, it's, it's, t- what does James say? No one can tame the tongue. It's an unruly animal full of deadly poison. It's very hard, very hard to tame your tongue. And I think the reason it's hard for us to work out this aspect of our salvation is because words come from the heart. Right? Isn't that what our Lord Jesus said? Out of the, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if the heart is angry, guess what kind of words? If the heart is uh, uh, lacks confidence, then we speak a certain way. If the heart is jealous, then words come out. And so what kind of heart produces complaints? A feeling of being entitled, a feeling of revenge, you want to get back at somebody... It's very hard. So we we work out this aspect of our salvation with fear and and with trembling because words come from the heart and our hearts are prone to wander. Hey, I I wonder if you have seen that classic uh, television program, I Love Lucy. I mean, it's, it was probably like the, the apex of television. It's been all downhill ever since then. It was back in the 1950s, so black and white. Well, there is a classic episode of this classic program where Lucy and her friend Ethel are in a chocolate factory. Do you remember this? You gotta look this up on YouTube. Um, uh, Lucy and Ethel get a job in a factory and their job is to wrap chocolates like candy chocolate. They come down a little conveyor belt and they take them off and wrap them up and put them in the box. And it's really easy, you know, just no problem. No problem until the foreman comes out and she looks at how they're doing and they're, they're able to handle all of it. And she says, okay, Ralph, speed it up. And those chocolates just come firing down that conveyor belt and Lucy and Ethel can't keep up with it. They start, they, 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 they just throw them into the box, they wrap them up, they start eating them, they, Lucy puts them down her shirt and the hat, and, and, uh, and there's no way to keep up with the conveyor belt. The only way to deal with the problem of this excess chocolate is to go to the factory, the conveyor belt, the source of the chocolate. So are you with me? If you want to control your tongue, if you want to uh, tame your tongue in this in regard to complaining, you got to go to the source of the complaints, the human heart. You have to go to the complaining factory, <laughs> which is the heart. 
And so it's very difficult, very difficult to work out this aspect of our salvation because we are weak. We, we, we work out this salvation with fear and trembling. Not, not only an awareness of our own failings, our own, you know, weakness, but we also remind ourselves that God sees all. He knows all. He, uh, James says, do not complain against each other because the judge is standing at the door. Leave judgment to God. I mean, you know, you're complaining about this person did such and that person's such a jerk and my teacher did this and my parents did this and this is it. Do not complain against each other. The judge sees all. He knows all. By the way, he, he knows your heart. And, and so we receive this word of God, do everything without complaining with an awareness of our own weakness. But, but there's some good news here. There's some, you know, in light of our weakness, keep, keep reading, right? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling because God is at work in you. Both to give you the desire and to actually do His good pleasure. Is this good news? The life of God is in you. The life of God. He is at work in you. If you're a disciple of Jesus, if you are in union with Christ, if His life is animating your life, if you believe in Him, if you're, if you're His follower and His disciple, then He's at work in you. He is giving you the ability to tame your tongue. I don't know if you'll tame it perfectly. I'm certainly not uh, perfect, but we can grow. We can tap into that life of Christ to tame this tongue more and more. And what is this life of Christ? What's well, a very humble life, the very selfless life. We saw that last week. Do you remember? Most of you were here last week. We looked at pictures on the wall, pictures of Jesus. He surrendered. He did not regard equality with God something to be mine, 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 grasped. He served. He sacrificed. That's the life that's in you. This is the God who is in you, both to desire and to do His good pleasure. Follow in His steps. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in His mouth. When they hurled their insults at Him, He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. That's the life that is in you. And so we receive this command, do everything without complaining, in hope. Victory is possible because God is at work in you. Listen to his voice. Listen to his, his, his speaking to you in your conscience. Listen to him minister to you, even through the teaching of the word, like right now. Right now, as I'm opening up the word and explaining it, is God, God ministering to you? Is he calling complaints to your mind? Is he helping you identify the heart condition? Is he producing in you a spirit of, of hope in him and repentance toward your own weakness? God, help me to do better. Help me to do right. Help me to work out my salvation with fear and trembling, with hope because you are at work in me. 
This is the God we love. This is the God we serve who is with us. He doesn't just lob out commands to us that are basically impossible to to keep. No, he says, I'll be with you. I will help you. I will give you the Holy Spirit. I will give you the Word of God. I will give you each other, the body of Christ. I will be with you. I will help you to do everything without complaining or arguing. Okay, that's the, the, the thinking behind the command. I'm calling it the basis, the basis of, of the command. Now let's look at the command itself. Well, we already have looked at the command itself. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Do not complain about your leaders. Do not complain about your pastors. Do not complain about your teachers. Do not complain about your coaches. Do not complain about your parents. Do not complain about your children. Do not complain about your bosses. Do not complain about the weather. Do not complain about the economy. Do not complain about work or school. This is the command. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Now, let's make a, a, a qualification here, okay? Let, let's, let's, let's surround this, this commandment with other biblical teaching. This commandment does not mean you must like everything. I mean, sometimes our bosses are jerks. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I mean, that is just the truth. We live in a fallen world, and sometimes... I had a boss one time, he would yell at us. Have you ever been yelled at by your boss? It's very demeaning. It just, it kind of crushes your spirit. And he was just out of control. It was just a minimum wage job, and he was acting like, you know, we were experts at... So the scripture, do everything without complaining and arguing, does not mean you have to like everything and put a smiley face on everything. No, but it does mean you communicate properly in those hard circumstances. Specifically, you replace complaining with speaking the truth in love. You go to the right person, not uninvolved people. You go with a proper spirit. You go with a humble spirit because you're fallible also, right? You're not perfect yourself. You go with the truth in a loving way rather than... Notice also that we are to replace complaining with contentment. This is a heart condition, right? A belief, a trust in the sovereignty of God. He knows what's going on. He's in control. He's with you. He sees. He remembers you. He knows. We don't have to verbally gouge people and punish them and puff ourselves up. No, no, no. You are secure in Christ. You are significant. In Christ. You don't have to manufacture those things yourself through attacking other people. That's the command itself. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Just like Jesus, keep entrusting yourself to the one who judges justly. 
And then finally, the purpose of this command, you know, what it leads to. And it is in verse 15, so that, you know, do everything without complaining, so that purpose, result, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. The purpose of this commandment here in Philippians chapter 2 is so that you can shine like a star in the midst of this generation. Shine like the stars. Look, you guys, if you will just not complain, it will set you apart from your teammates, from your, the folks in the orchestra with you, from your co-workers. It will, it will simply not complaining will, will single you out and like, whoa, what's going on with, with that person? It helps us shine. It helps us to witness, nonverbal witnessing. It helps us display this life of God that is in us. If you will not complain, it will set you apart in the hallways and on the freeway. If you will not complain, it will set you apart in the gym and on the field, in the classroom and in the boardroom, in the workroom and in the break room. Just shut up. Do everything without complaining or arguing. The verse says so that you can shine in the midst of this crooked and depraved generation. The word crooked there is scolios in the Greek text. What English word do we get from scolios? A medical term? Yeah, scoliosis. It means, you know, that's like a spinal problem twisted or, you know, a warped or turned spine. This is a twisted According to the Word of God, a twisted generation. You know, work and school can be a very dark place. Fang and claw, survival of the fittest, nah, 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 attacking people, tearing down behind their back, gossip, arguing. And if we will just not complain, you will shine like the stars. See how simple witnessing can be? You don't have to carry some big black Bible and, you know, like a TV evangelist and a sandwich board says, turn or burn. You just don't complain. And it will help you shine like the stars against a back, uh, a dark background. So a number of years ago, I was in Hawaii on the big island. And uh, the, uh, the Big Island of Hawaii, as you may know, is made up basically of five volcanoes. Two of them, Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea, are really high. They're above 13,000 feet. And so it's a great place to observe the stars. You get up above the, you know, the thick atmosphere, and, uh, and they, have, they have observatories up there. Well, uh, my family and I went up uh, at night uh, to a... Um, uh, national Park, and there was a ranger talk. And the ranger uh, uh, showed us with a, a laser pointer uh, the night sky, and over here is, uh, you know, this constellation, and here's a comet. And, 
And for the first time in my life, I saw the Milky Way. I've always heard about it. I've seen pictures of it. The Milky Way. Do you know why it's called the Milky Way? That's the constellation we live in. It's because like somebody went and it spilled milk across. There's so many stars. It's just it's sort of cloudy. It's just, it's stunning. It's breathtaking. It's even better than this photo, but here's the photo that I found. It took my breath away to see these, this magnificent creation and these shining stars. And the Bible says... If you just won't complain, you'll shine like the stars against a dark background. Let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's, let's uh, drill down a little bit more with this, this, uh, this the purpose. What, what's the connection between uh, not complaining and shining? Well, just on the social level, you're going to have a hard time shining if you're all the time. I mean, no one likes to be around a complainer, right? Somebody says, oh, great, here comes Victoria. Oh, everybody put on your gas mask. The atmosphere is about to become thick around here with complaining and arguing. I don't think I've ever heard a single positive word out of her mouth. Victoria's going to have trouble shining, displaying the life of God and the gospel of Jesus. Somebody says, oh great, here comes Seng Chai. Man, I'm on a work team with him, and it's just like walking through mud to get him to, to try to help out. I feel like I'm dragging him on my back. He won't participate. All he does is complain. The boss is a jerk. Everybody's a jerk. I hate this. And So just on the social level, we can understand the command, the purpose of the command to shine like stars. But, you know, positively, positively, somebody says, oh, man, I'm feeling very low today. Ah, oh, boy, I sure could use some encouragement. Where is Victoria? She always has a good word. I'm looking for somebody to speak a good word to me because she's different. Somebody says, oh man, I'm, I'm having a hard day. Boy, it, we need a positive attitude around here. Somebody can get the job done. Where's Seng Chai? I know he can get the job done. I'm looking for him. He's shining. Just on the social level, we, we recognize that. We complain about complainers. <laughs> right? Dig a little deeper. On the theological level. Not complaining is a sign that something deep, something spiritual deep is going on in your heart. Not complaining is a sign that you are not making an idol out of a good thing. Not making an idol out of your athletics. Not making an idol of, about your good looks. Not making an idol about your work. Not making an idol out of achievement. Not making an idol... I mean, those are good things... But they're not ultimate things. Those good things don't define us. They don't give us meaning, significance, security. Those are found only in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when we don't complain, I mean, when, when our boss is a jerk or our teacher loads on the work, you know, when, when all that bad stuff happens, 
it doesn't touch the deepest part of us. I am secure. I am significant because of what Christ has done in me and for me. Chill. So theologically, there's a connection between shining like a star because something, the life of God, the promises of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you matter, you're secure, I chose you, I love you, nothing can touch you that I do not permit, I am sovereign. We don't have to complain about good things which are not ultimate things. So don't make an idol out of those things. All right, my friends, that is a little bit of teaching on this topic of complaining. The basis of the commandment is that we are weak, but God is strong. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling, but with hope because he's, he's active in you, both to will and to do his good work. The command itself is don't complain. The purpose of the command is so that you can shine like stars. All right, we conclude then with a thought experiment. All right, everybody turn inward here. This is a thought experiment. Number one, think of a time when you complained. It might have been this morning. <laughs> Number two. Why? Why did you complain? Because everybody's such a... No, 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 no. What's in your heart <laughs> that led to those words? A sense of entitlement? Anger? feeling of inferiority? Why? Number three, how does the gospel address that? What does the good news of Jesus have to say about that feeling of inferiority or that anger or that Here's what it says. I love you. You are secure. You are significant. You don't have to make an idol out of these things. Just keep, it, keep entrusting yourself to me. I judge justly. Number four. Thank him. Walk in hope. Walk in freedom. Thank him for the good news of Jesus, which helps us not complain. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the good news. Help us to believe it. Help us to live it. 
to do all things without complaining or arguing. In Jesus' name, amen.